Thanks for listening to this week's message from Chapel Valley Church. We want to hear from you, so please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at info at chapelvalley.org. We hope you stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching Chapel Valley Church. You can also stay updated by visiting our website, chapelvalley.org. Here, we have a group uh, chat, like a text message group chat, and uh, it's funny because I'll be messaging it and they'll message back like instantly, right away, and it'll just be spam. And then I'll say, you guys are coming to church, right? crickets and then all of a sudden something will start again and we'll be talking for a while and i'm like guys i'm speaking at church you should be there on sunday crickets but here they are they're all here so it's great um so yes i'm pastor david uh i have gone over this message about three or four times now and i was actually just telling the youth this um and i do not know where it's gonna go (laughs) so i feel like i need to give the lord uh, the steering wheel 100% completely. I'm going to be following along my notes, but every time I rehearse this, I'm kind of all over the place. So there's your warning there. We might be going all over the place today. I had a dream last night that we were in church and I had been on the worship team. I'm on the worship team almost every week. I wasn't today, but I had this dream where I played guitar and I got off the stage and then I went back to the pews ready for the message to start. And the first thing that should have tipped me off that it was a dream is that we were all facing that way, like the pews were reversed, but the stage was still here and we were playing this way, right? So I went and it was kind of like those like experiments where you see the people that get on the elevator and everybody's turned the other way and everybody's like really confused. Have you ever seen those? It's hilarious if you haven't. Felt like that. And I sat next to Pastor Jay and we sat there for 10, 15 minutes after worship, just nothing happening. And I asked Jay, I was like, what's, what's next in the service? And he was like, well, you're speaking. I was like, oh, shoot, so I got to get up there. And so I had a dream that when I would come to service today that I would go and sit down and we would all wait 15 minutes with nothing happening. So we're off to a great start. So it's going to be a little bit weird. I feel really strange today, but at the same time, uh, I'm excited to share what the Lord has in my heart, and I'm not nervous at all about it. So I guess that's a really good step for that dream that I had. But last week, uh, we talked about what were you expecting. That was the title last week. And it was all about raising your expectation really to what God's expectation is to what's going on or happening in your life and really making sure that they meet. And the way that we do that is primarily by getting into his word, right? We talked about how faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when you are in his word and when you hear his word, your faith is raised to a new level of expectation, right? That makes sense? Pastor Jay had a direct quote, and I think I I just wrote it down word for word because I couldn't have said it any better. But he said, when God's word goes forth, it brings life, it brings fruit, and it turns what was dry and desolate into good soil. So when we receive his word, it causes a shift in us, and it changes the environment of our hearts and affects the places that we go. Jay's like, dang, I said that? That sounds awesome. It's true. He did. But it really is true. So he's talking about God's word given to us is actually from heaven to us. And I wrote this down in my notes as an analogy. But when I was a little kid and we would always do Christmas at my parents' house every single Christmas. And I remember the year that I got old enough where they wanted me to be Santa Claus, which basically just meant you go and pass out all the gifts to everybody that it's addressed to. Well, that required me to read the tags on who the gift was actually for. And I, for whatever reason, got super confused when it said, 
from mom to dad for some reason. And some of them said like from mom for dad. And for some reason I was like, so did dad buy this one or did mom buy this one? Is this for mom? Is this for dad? I would always reverse the order. So don't get it twisted with God's word. It is from heaven to us. And I think that's a really big deal. This wasn't just like written as a bunch of like Christian encouragement that we can buy at a retail store or something like that. God's word is actually from heaven to us. And when we get into his word and we actually receive his word, not just carry it around with us or anything like that, but we're, when we're in it and we're receiving what is spoken to us, that's when it can actually change our heart and shift the atmosphere around us everywhere we go. Why? Because now you are speaking what God has spoken to you. You are acting the way that God has revealed to you through his word. Does that make sense? And that's how the atmosphere will actually shift. And so that's a little bit of what we talked about last week and raising our expectations. Um, but today we're talking about standing on God's promises. Everybody say standing on God's promises. Now you might look at the screen and be like, that's not what it says. That's because, as I said, when I was rehearsing this message earlier, I realized the point of emphasis in the message that I want to make clear today is the difference between standing on his promises and standing and fighting. I feel like that's a very common confusion that we hear in the church. And I realize that's really where the emphasis is today. So the message is called stand and fight, but we're going to get into that fight part a little bit later. For now, I just want us to focus on standing on his promises. Who here has ever felt like God might have spoken something to you or revealed something to you and you were really excited about it, but then when you shared it with other people, it almost seemed like they were speaking the exact opposite of what God said. Have you guys ever had those kind of situations? Yeah. And it's like, they're not meaning to necessarily, but it's almost like they're casting doubt or bringing contradiction to it. It can really not feel great because really when God shares something with you, it's exciting and you want it affirmed by somebody, right? And then when you bring it to somebody, that's not always exactly what happens. Maybe God gives you a specific vision of how a ministry is going to play out or how a job is going to go or a career is going to go, and he gives you that specific vision, but the world is telling you all the reasons that it's not going to happen that way, or maybe you should go back to God and pray. I don't think you heard him quite right. I think we've all been through experiences like that. Well, today's going to be very simple, um, but it's not necessarily going to be easy. That's kind of the things that we're covering in this message. But when I was praying about what God wanted to speak to you guys, it had to do with those promises, those things that you might have experienced before where he spoke one thing and the world spoke another. But I really do feel like he wanted to let you guys know specifically that he has recognized you standing on his promises and he's recognized that you have been faithful. To the point, I even wrote in my notes, I want you guys, if you feel like there's a promise that you're standing on right now that maybe the world has been contradictory to or trying to tell you that it's not the case or it's not, you didn't hear God correctly, I want you guys to actually recognize that God spoke to me to speak to you that you have been faithful and to rejoice in that. That's an encouragement to you. So I don't know if it's everybody in this room, but if you feel like that's you, I just want to, like, let's just take a moment and close your eyes and just say, I have been faithful. That can feel weird. If you're anything like me, it can feel strange to like accept compliments or like put yourself in a higher place and say something that you're not necessarily affirmed with. I'm telling you right now, that is an affirmation from God to you. You have been faithful in standing on his promises, but it's not easy to keep standing on his promise. There's a lot of things that get in the way. I laugh because this message overall is kind of me just coming to you guys 
and saying, just keep doing what you're doing. Like that really is kind of what this message is, but it's important to be reminded of that. Okay. It's super important to be reminded of that because it can be difficult to stand on God's promises for two reasons. And this will not be on the screen, but it's really easy to remember. Okay. It can be difficult to stand on God's promises for two reasons. Number one, outside pressures. And number two, your current situation. So if I break those down a little bit, let's talk about outside pressures. We already mentioned this earlier, but typically when God is speaking to you or you discover a promise in his word or you discover something that he's doing and wanting to reveal in your life specifically, and you know without a doubt it's from God, you do what we mentioned earlier. You go to people and you share it, right? And those can be people like your family or your friends or your coworkers or whatever it might be. But these are people that you trust and you want that word from God affirmed. Right? Is there, is it just me? Okay, good. Cause I definitely go to people. I try not to just keep things inside, especially if it's from God, cause I want to make sure I'm hearing Him correctly. But when we do that, like I spoke before, sometimes people can cast doubt or speak, um, yeah, speak doubt into that situation. And it's kind of this weird, like, rubbing. It's not just because somebody's saying the opposite of what you heard from God. But these are typically people that we trust. Like, I really thought about this, and I was like, why does it affect me so much when I tell people what God spoke to me, and they say that I'm wrong? I post a lot of content on, like, TikTok and Instagram and all this stuff, and all these random people will find me, and they have no problem telling me in the comment section how wrong I am about whatever it is I'm saying. And it doesn't bother me at all. But how many of you guys know that if I were to go to my mother or my father or somebody I trust and I love and I get my values from and I told them something and they told me I was wrong, then it's like a whole new dynamic, right? Why? Because these are people that I grew up with. These are people that I've actually adopted my values from. These are people that I trust. And so when you have that dynamic thrown in the mix and that dynamic starts to speak doubt against what God is speaking to you, it can kind of rub the wrong way, right? But the other thing about this, there's not just the dynamic of you actually valuing the people that you're talking to and their opinion, but it's physically easier to hear their voice and what they are saying to you because they are naturally speaking and you are naturally hearing it with your own ears, just as you're hearing my voice right now. And with God, it doesn't always feel that easy. With God, it's not just naturally speaking. Sometimes he audibly speaks, but most of the time, it's supernaturally speaking, and you're trying to understand it with a natural hearing or a natural mind. It's the supernatural to the natural. It doesn't always feel super easy. But I want to remind you guys that the reason that I spent a little bit of time explaining that, you know, we grow up with our family and we spend time with our friends and we adopt our values from these people, it's because of all the time that we spend with them that we have that trust with them. And you can do the exact same thing with God. And you should be doing the exact same thing with God. That's my encouragement to you. When we were talking last week, uh, Pastor Jay, actually, I think this was about two weeks ago now. It just confuses me because I think you were actually wearing that same overshirt. <laughs> I looked at the clip, and I'm pretty sure this is what he's wearing. But in the clip that I made, he said this. He said, if you want to know what God's best is for your life, there's no secret sauce to it. It's praise, prayer, and the word. That's really it. And when you do those three things, you are spending time with the creator, the person that knows you best and the person that can give you those promises to stand on. Does that make sense? 
And so sometimes it feels way easier to talk to people that aren't God. And when they give you that kind of, I don't know, contrast to what God is speaking, it can be disheartening. But know that you can hear God just as clearly as you are hearing them. It just takes a little bit of effort to get into his word and spend time with him. Amen? So we can do the exact same thing with God and hear him just as clearly. And that's really that first step. But the second thing that we talked about, the second reason that it's difficult to stand on his promises is our current situation, right? How many of you guys know I can get up here all day and speak to you and say that God is a healer and he can heal any kind of injury that you would have and you can agree with it and you can have a certain level of faith. But when you're in the moment of the injury, it doesn't necessarily feel as easy to have that same level of faith. Do you guys know what I mean? Or I can stand up here and tell you guys how much of a provider that God is, that God is your provider, that he wants to deliver you from any kind of financial crisis. And you can agree with that. But then all of a sudden, if some unforeseen disaster comes and now you have bills to pay or debt or whatever, it becomes a lot harder to have that same level of faith that you had, right? When the rubber meets the road, it can become a lot harder. So that's our current situation. That's the reason why... Uh, the second reason why it can be difficult to stand on his promises. It's easier said than done. It kind of reminds me of when you're in traffic and you're kind of, you hit this like traffic jam and you're in your lane, but the lane next to you is just flying. Like there's no problem. But something in you is telling you just stay put. It's fine. You're going to start moving soon. So you wait and you wait and you wait and nothing happens. So finally you're like, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go in the other lane. So you switch over, and what's the first thing that happens? That lane stops. And better yet, the lane next to you starts moving again. It's the worst, right? We've seen it in comedy movies. I've had it happen to me. And so it really does remind me of that. But on a much more serious comparison, you can have those moments in life where you can stand on God's promises or you know what the Bible says or you know what you've heard in church about what God promises to you but it doesn't necessarily make the situation that you're in any easier to deal with, right? If you're in some financial crisis and your landlord is like, hey, you got bills to pay, I need rent, or the insurance company is calling you and saying, hey, you owe us money, you can't just pick up the phone and be like, it's okay, God has it handled, click, right? Like, they're not going to receive that very well, right? That's not really a feasible answer. And so it's difficult to stand on his promises even when you believe them. It's difficult to stand on his promises even when you know what they are. And today we're going to talk about how we shouldn't just stop there, right? First of all, actually, before I do that, I do want to bring up sometimes when we come to church and we hear these words, it seems like there's a constant encouragement to us, even in the hard times in life. And I've heard people ask, like, I thought when, you know, what when you're a Christian, isn't it really about, like, God helping you get through life? Why do you have these trials or why do you even have these hard moments if you're walking with God and this is not going to be on the screen but I just want to read it out so just pay attention for a second because you won't be able to read along with me but Romans 5 3 through 5 it reminds us of this it says not only that but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope so this is a reminder of the times that we are going through that they're not for lost or they're not for not But there are actually moments where we can produce that kind of character, which produces faith, which is what our entire operating system runs on as Christians, right? So just be reminded that if you are going through those hard times or sufferings, you're not alone, and it does actually talk about it in the Word. 
But I want to get back to standing on his promises. As we talked about, it's all well and good when we talk about the promises of God. It's all well and good when you're reminded to stand on those promises. But I think all the time in church, at least from what I witnessed, like way too often, we stop there. See, there's a difference between, and this is why we have the title of the message, there's a difference between standing on God's promises and standing and fighting. Everybody say, stand and fight. Stand and fight. It's the in the meantime that we don't talk about enough. Stand on his promises and it will come. You need healing. Believe that he is a healer. Declare healing into your body. But what do you do in the meantime? Because as many of us know, sometimes healing happens instantly and it's awesome. Other times, like I've been through and maybe other people in this room have been through, you believe in God's healing and it is delivered, but you don't necessarily have that represented in your flesh instantly. Sometimes it takes time, right? I have a testimony that if I have time, I'll get into later, but I've seen it firsthand. So it's the, in the meantime, that we don't get talked about enough. But I'm here to tell you guys that when you are in a fight or when you want to fight or if some enemy is coming at you and let's say you have a sword and you go to swing that sword and you miss, it doesn't make any sense to then drop your sword and give up and just say, well, I guess I lost the fight, right? And allow them to attack. It doesn't make any sense. So if you've stood on God's promises before and you've declared them out and you've believed them only to see your current situation not change, that is the worst time to give up. Because most likely, you just didn't hit the enemy yet. But you're still fighting, and you're still supposed to fight. That analogy makes sense for you guys so far? Okay, good. These are some of the God's promises, because I'm kind of a practical person. I want you guys to walk away with something you can apply to your life and and use today. But these are some of God's promises that I want to bring up. Like, number one, if you are feeling tired or burnt out, or you're in a season of life where you're just like, I can't do this anymore, God actually promises to give you rest. And this will be on the screen. This is Matthew 11, 28 through 30. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there. Um, I'm reading straight off of my phone, but I wanted times where I could actually like hold the Bible up as a representation. Realized I didn't have a Bible, so I ran out to the foyer and grabbed one. Eric was like, you don't have your Bible and you're speaking? And I was like, you weren't supposed to see that. So we're not going to talk about that. But I have my Bible up here now. And I have my scriptures right here. So now it's on the screen. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely, lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you're in this season of life right now where you just feel like you can't take it anymore, it's too stressful, you're not getting any kind of rest, you're completely burnt out, this is a scripture that you can literally go home and find this in your word and declare it out until you feel that rest. It's not some magic spell or anything like that. That's not what God is. It's declaring truth, remember, from heaven to you, declaring truth until it sinks deep into your heart and shifts the atmosphere around you. That's what we were talking about last week, and it still applies today. I talked to Pastor Jay about this, I think, when I was in the same kind of internship that Justin was describing earlier. Um, I think that's the time of life where I heard this. But at the time, he would have us seek God and get into the Word and then write down things that God speaks to us. And oftentimes, they had to do with the vision of the ministry that we were involved in. Okay, So I was involved with youth ministry. I didn't know where to go with it. 
still sometimes don't know where to go with it. That's why it's important to have God lead it and pray. But I would be praying and getting into his word and feel like God spoke a vision to me about the ministry specifically. And I'd write it down and I'd be like, that just sounds wild. I don't know how that's going to happen. So I'd go to Pastor Jay and I'd be like, I don't know what to do with this, but I know it's from God. And he apparently got this from another pastor. But his advice to me was to pray until it's hot. Pray it till it's hot which basically meant to keep praying it out and keep declaring it until you believe it in your heart. Why? Because once it hits that point, now you're not only just declaring out truth, like I can stand up here all day and tell you guys that God is a healer, but once it actually becomes true in my heart and I believe it, now I'm not just declaring truth. I'm declaring truth with faith behind it. And once that happens, it releases into the atmosphere and allows people to move, right? It allows uh, it allows the authorities in heaven to actually move upon it. Does that make sense, the kind of difference there? So pray until it's hot. So if you feel like you're in the season where you're burnt out, and I'm telling you to go home with this scripture specifically that promises to give you rest, and you feel like it hasn't changed anything, it doesn't make it any less true. So that means to pray and declare it until it becomes true for you. You see the difference there? That's kind of the difference between standing on his promises and knowing it and actually fighting while you're standing on his promises. If you guys feel like you're going through some journey that God has you on and you're completely alone on it, kind of like what you referred to earlier, there's a promise that actually says that God is with you. We're going to bring up Joshua 1, verse 5. It says this, and then we're going to actually jump to verse 9, but we'll get there when we do. Joshua 1, starting at verse 5, says this. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Jumping to verse 9, it says this. Have I not, have I not commanded you, be strong and be courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's another promise you can stand on and declare out to fight. If you're feeling another promise, you can stand out and declare out to fight. If you're feeling like you keep falling into the same sins or addictions that have kept you bonded most of your life, if that's something that you struggle with, there's another promise that you can stand on. I'm sure there's way more than this, but this is the one I want to highlight today. It's out of John 8, 36. John chapter 8, verse 36. It says this. So if the sons set you free, you will be free indeed. These are verses that you can actually declare out. And like I said, pray it till it's hot. Declare it until you believe it in your heart so that then you're not just declaring truth, but you're declaring truth with faith backed behind it. These are the kind of things you can do to fight. It's not always easy to be a Christian, but it is always simple. I feel like that's the one thing I wish I was told before I gave my life to Christ. Like I really do feel like people told me of his goodness and that Jesus will love you and that He will guide you through life. And for whatever reason, I interpreted that as that's the easier path to take. That will make life really easy. But really what it is, is it's just simple. That doesn't mean it's easy, but it is simple. You trust in the Lord. That really is what it boils down to. You trust in the Lord and he promises to be there with you. I asked my wife if I could share this story, but some of you know my wife is is here today and she just recently had... Uh, ACL surgery. Sorry. <laughs> I'm getting emotional because <laughs> now she's getting emotional. <laughs> Sorry. Okay.
okay, we're good. I get emotional not because she got hurt. That's whatever. She was playing volleyball. It's funny because she was competing and being a professional bodybuilder, and so she tore her ACL, and everybody's like, oh, my goodness, what did you do? What weights were you lifting? What kind of crazy workout did you do where you tore your ACL? And she's like, I was playing volleyball. That's how it happened. <laughs> so it's completely unrelated, and it happened. But anyways, she got surgery. It was a big deal for her. I like, I really want to just <clears throat> fast forward to this part of the story because it's the part I'm trying to get out. Because she's being healed, healed, and her healing journey is actually going really well. Physical therapy, all, all that stuff. And we prayed for healing. Um, it's not the healing part that we're even necessarily, like, worried about. And there's not really a lot of worry left. And we've declared victory in this process. But we were praying because she was nervous about going back to work. And uh, just basically getting back to the full speed of life. So that's primarily what we were praying for. And uh, she got to the point in the prayer where she... <clears throat> She got to the point of the prayer where she was just declaring his faithfulness and his mightiness and the fact that he's a healer. And she just thanked him for that, and we stood on faith and finished the prayer. Everything was good. But pretty much immediately after that, that's when uh, she had, like, the moment of doubt or the moment of fear maybe her leg wouldn't be healed all the way. And I'm really trying to make this apparent. I'm not getting emotional because she got hurt or that we're worried that she's not going to be healed all the way. Thank you. I'm not getting emotional because we're worried that she's not going to get healed all the way or anything like that. The reason I'm getting emotional is because of the way the way the way that she handled that prayer the way that she decided no matter how much fear or doubt she was having about this situation that she was in she was going to stand and fight <clears throat> So me getting emotional is all tied to just me being proud of her. That's what I've just taken 25 minutes to get out of my mouth. <laughs> Good grief. I'm like, literally, all of the emotion is coming from me being proud of my wife. That's the part I'm trying to emphasize to you guys. And I... I really want you guys to get that part of it, though. 
neither one of us is really shaken at all about the healing or the physical healing of it or what recovery is going to look like, any of that. But it's difficult to be in a situation when you see the reality and have to still stand and fight and declare, no, this is the truth that I believe in. This is the truth I believe in, and I'm going to declare that out even if I don't truly feel it. So when we prayed that out, and she declared the truth and had the faith behind it, and we finished the prayer, and she had the moment of crashing realization that my leg's still in a brace. It's still difficult to straighten my leg. It's going to be difficult to go back to work. She had these doubts start to immediately creep in. But she still chose to say, no, I know that God is my healer, and I know that that's true. See, I want to be a realist with you guys and know that when you're a Christian, I don't want you guys just to see like the highlights of being a Christian, walking through it and declaring his truth. You can declare his truth and still go through hardships of life and see his truth not come through for you. That doesn't mean that what he said isn't true. You still stand on it. You still declare it out and you still fight it. Pray it till it's hot until it does come through for you. Does that make sense? Do you notice the difference between standing on his promises and standing and fighting? I promise I'm not going to get emotional again. That was just because I was very proud of her, and I still am. That's where all of that is coming from. I went to uh, Guatemala. Do we have time for this? I think we do. I went to Guatemala in 2013. Uh, I was in the internship that I mentioned earlier. Uh, I don't know why or how this happened. I'm kind of doing a fast-forward version of this. Um, I was looking at my message. I was like, this is a long message. I hope there's no, like, baby dedication or anything today. <laughs> and I got here, and, of course, that's what's happening. <laughs> And then my second thought was, I hope I don't, like, start crying on stage or something and take up all the time. It's all things eating up time. But, no, I was in Guatemala in 2013. It was a a missions trip that I went on. I knew I was supposed to go. Um, It was really good. We did a lot of amazing things. Came back from that missions trip. And, uh, again, this is, like, the express version of the story. But I had this, like, physical ailment. I had this irritation in my body. And it paralyzed, not paralyzed, it stopped me from doing a lot of the things that I was used to doing in my life. At the time, I had a job where I was very physically active. That was difficult to do without being uncomfortable all the time. It got to the point where the only way that I was comfortable was to lay down completely. Like if I was sitting, I was uncomfortable. If I was standing, I was uncomfortable. If I was lifting, if I was jumping, whatever. And so this went on for years. And I went to doctors. They kind of gave me like some medicine that didn't really help. And uh, I did get like prayer for healing for it. But there was times where it would get in the way of ministry. And that's when I got the angriest. I was like, this is unacceptable. If I'm having this problem and it's getting in the way of ministry, that makes no sense. Because why would God allow something like this happening in my body that got in the way of something that he wants to do? And the answer was, he wouldn't allow it. And so if it was happening, then I needed to figure that out. And so I hit a point of frustration one day where I literally was just like, I remember praying to God, and I was genuine about it, and I was like, God, this is stupid. I don't understand why this is happening. And I literally, it it was like a two-second prayer, I feel like. I said, you're the healer. I declare that I am healed. End of story. In Jesus' name. And I got done with that prayer, and I felt no different. But there was a shift. There was a shift of faith that I felt in my body. Like, I knew that I was healed, that I knew that I was healed, that I knew that I was healed. And I felt no different. 
and days went on and people that knew about like what I was dealing with and everything, they would ask me like, how's that going? Are you still dealing with that? And I'm like, nope, I'm healed. And they would be like, praise the Lord. That's awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And I was, and you know, they're like, does it like, how do you feel? Like you feel any better? Can you do stuff? And I'm like, oh no, it's like it, I still feel it. It's still there, but I'm healed and I'm not dealing with it anymore. And they just wouldn't understand it. They didn't get it. And I'm like, I get it. It makes no sense. I'm telling you, I'm still dealing with it, but I'm healed. And I stood on that forever. And I'm telling you, this was like the same case day by day, day by day, day by day, until about three months later, I woke up one day and it was gone. Like no sign of it. I had no trace of it anymore. And I could do everything that I wanted to do. There was no problems. And I look back on that time and just being like, it was never not true. Even though I was feeling it and I was in that situation, it was never not true that I was healed. It was always true what God had said. And I stood on that promise and fought until I saw it come through. You see the difference there? Does that make sense to you guys? Like I said, I'm going to be jumping all over the place today. I don't have a ton left. I know we're getting short on time, but I want to bring up this one passage um, to kind of close us out. And I believe this one should be on the screen. If it's not, you'll really have to listen up. But Matthew 8, 5 through 13, do we have that? If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Perfect. Here it is. So it says this, and I'm going to read it straight through. When he had entered Capernaum, and this is talking about Jesus, when he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus had heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. I've seen and heard tons of messages on this passage. It's a really good one. But the thing that I want to highlight to you guys is that these promises of God that we've been talking about, they are in his word, which again is from heaven to you, and you can access them at any time. But you don't necessarily need to be, I want to say this correctly, you don't necessarily need to be dependent on Jesus to heal you. You need to be dependent on your faith in him that he will do what he said he's doing. Does that make sense, the difference there? And I want to make it clear there because if you don't necessarily hear it that way at first, I get nervous that people think they can only come to church or only come to situations where they clearly see Jesus moving in order to experience the things of God. Obviously, you should be dependent on Jesus, but you need to get to a point where it is a personal relationship that you access daily at any time in order to understand that in the right dynamic. So for now, if you feel like you're not there or you only experience God at church or you only experience God in times of worship or wherever it is, I would encourage you to get into his word 
and start building up your faith and depend on that. Because when you depend on your faith in him, he shows up. And then you become dependent on him. Does that make sense? It's almost like a stepping stone into what you should be focusing on. I hope that makes sense. And the reason I have this story highlighted is in this story, it says specifically that Jesus marveled at this man's faith. Could we be a people to get to the point where Jesus would marvel at our faith? That we would be people that believe in what he says he will do so much to such a degree that it's not even a question, despite our circumstances around us, that Jesus would marvel at it? Because once that's there and we declare truth out and we have that faith behind, oh, Jesus can move at that point and he will move at that point. Is this good? Again, I apologize that we're all over, but there's a difference between standing on God's promises and standing and fighting. I want to kind of end with this analogy because it's really good, and I love analogies, and a lot of people tell me I have weird analogies, no one in particular that I'm looking at my wife, but I think it is good, and it's good for you guys, and going back to when you hear that kind of fear and doubt creep in from outside sources. I was scrolling TikTok because that's what I do. I'm trying to stay relevant with the youth. I don't know. It doesn't really work. But I was scrolling TikTok, and I had this random video fed to me. And it was like of a nature documentary, right? And it was just like the highlights of the clips. There was these water buffalo and Komodo dragons. Didn't know that they existed even in the same realm or world at this point. I really didn't. But these water buffalo were just chilling in the water, as they do, grazing on grass or whatever. And Komodo dragons actually went to attack these uh, water buffalo, or one specifically. Now, when you see water buffalo, you see, like, their giant horns, you see their mass, you see their weight, you see their hoofs, and I'm like, that Komodo dragon has no chance of taking this thing down. But here's the thing about Komodo dragons that I learned about in the third grade, and I was always scared I would come up against one after I heard this, which has never happened. They have venomous, or poisonous, which there is a difference, but either way, it's not good stuff, venomous saliva, okay? And I was thinking, like, Well, if it licks your arm, it's not going to get into your bloodstream. So this thing is, like, useless. Like, there's no way it can damage anything. But the trick is with these water buffalo, when they go to hunt, what they'll do is they'll actually come up to the ankle of the buffalo and they'll bite. And in their bite, their saliva is actually there. And all of a sudden, that poison will enter the bloodstream. And the water buffalo kind of gets sick, doesn't know what's going on. See, the Komodo dragon doesn't take that moment to attack. It literally does a bite and then leaves. And a couple days go by, a couple hours go by, and the water buffalo are hanging out with their friends, and their friends are concerned, and their family, and all of a sudden there's a, it was on the documentary, I promise. They were like surrounding it, making sure that it was okay, like, you know, like checking in on them, this water buffalo like couldn't get up, it like kind of tried to move, and time went by. And everything seemed like it was going back to normal, even though the water buffalo didn't feel great and didn't look that great, and it went to graze again. And wouldn't you know it, Komodo dragon shows up again, does the exact same thing. This keeps happening until the buffalo is to the point where it's so sick and it has no way to fend for itself that all of a sudden this swarm of Komodo dragons would come and that's when they feast upon it, okay? In your life, when you are going through life as a Christian and everything just is kind of normal and good and all of a sudden an attack from the enemy comes or an unforeseen circumstance comes that's going to challenge your faith, it can be difficult then to stand on God's promises and it can be difficult to fight. But too often do things happen and then we go to people and ask for 
help or support, or we say what's going on in our life, and we'll hear things like, you know, God will act in his time, or God will move on his time, or don't worry, it's going to be okay, right? We hear these kind of things that are meant to be encouraging, and they're actually all true. God is going to move on his time. But in the meantime, don't just wait, because while you're waiting, the enemy is watching and probably planning to come back. See, unlike water buffalo, we don't have this poison that enters into our bloodstream that we, there's nothing you can do other than just let it do its thing. When we get attacked by the enemy like that, we can declare that out. We can actually stand and fight. And like I mentioned earlier, just because you miss, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should stop fighting. It means you keep fighting. I brought this up specifically, and I know I don't have a lot of, like, you know, specific stories about situations I might feel like you're in. But I really did pray about two weeks ago when I started thinking about what I was going to speak on and what God wanted to speak to you guys about what it was that he wanted to say to you. And I really felt like God was saying the specific people that would show up today or tune into the live stream or whatever, he wants you to know that he notices you, that you have been faithful, and he recognizes that you stood on his promises. So if you haven't seen results or things happen or God move in the way that you thought he would, just know that that's no reason to give up fighting and that's no reason to stop declaring out the truth that you have been. He's encouraging you to continue fighting. Does that make sense? I pray that we would be a people where Jesus would marvel at our faith and how much we would have behind us when we declare out his truth. And that's kind of, I guess, where I'm going to end it. So I'm going to ask Jay to come up. because I. Jay taught me how to speak as a pastor. I learned from him. And he told me the other day he doesn't really know how to end services. So I guess I adopted that from him. So I'm going to pass it off to Pastor Jay. Thank you. Yeah, good. Thank you, Pastor David. And uh, thank you for putting me in the situation where I don't know what... No, I'm just kidding. No, I was good. I thank you for bringing the word this morning and uh, appreciate the heat you brought for my favorite flannel. Um, but yeah, you know, I just was really encouraged and uh, by just David bringing forth the promises of God and how those have been made available to us through Jesus. And how many of you know that this that the reason we are here today is because of Jesus, right? And he's the reason we come here. And this is not really a church where we say we're here for you. I'm, I love you. I'm not really here for you. I'm here for Jesus. And um, he's our front and center. And so our, our heart is that every time you would come, that you would see Jesus, that you would hear him speak to you. And I was reminded, you know, as Pastor David was just speaking, Jesus is our Savior. He is our healer. He's the baptizer with the Holy Spirit, and he's our soon-and-coming king. And so if you are here and, you know, the Lord's speaking to you through the word that was preached or during the time of ministry or worship, if you are here and you're like, I, I need salvation, Come on up and after service and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna re- bring you to Jesus. And if you need healing, come on up. We're gonna pray for that Jesus would bring healing to your bodies. And if you need to be filled with the Spirit, come on up. We're gonna pray that you would be filled with the Spirit. And how many of you are excited Jesus is coming back? Amen. So let's pray. And again, if you need prayer or, or, or you want more, uh, come on up. I'm going to ask that the pastors that are here, if we can just come up front here and we'll be off to the side. Everybody else is going to love Justin and Carolyn and give them big hugs and kisses. And No, not kisses. Maybe not even hugs. 
be appropriate. Okay. And so we're going to love them and let them know how much we're going to miss them. Um, but I'm going to pray. You guys are going to be dismissed. Um, and I am just so excited for what the Lord is going to be doing. I just feel like he is, he is revealing himself in a new way and that we get to be a part of that, that we get to see him. And so let's just give him thanks. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you've done in this place. Lord, we thank you for what you will continue to do. Lord, in every person here, Lord, that you would just continue to minister to our hearts, that you would continue to speak. Lord, even as we go from here, Lord, your word is continually being released from heaven. And so, Lord, let us be people who receive it, but who receive it with faith, who believe you, that what you say is true, who you say we are is true. And Lord, that we would live according to that, that we would confess, that that would be our confession, that our confession would be according to your word and what you have spoken. And so, Lord, we just receive it. We give you thanks. Your word is power. You are eternal and you are king. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. 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 Well, you are loved. You are dismissed. Um, We are getting things set up, so go ahead and give some people a high five, a hug, and if you need prayer, uh, go ahead and come on up front, and we will gladly pray with you. God bless. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Chapel Valley Church. We want to hear from you, so please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at info at chapelvalley.org. We hope you stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching Chapel Valley Church. You can also stay updated by visiting our website, chapelvalley.org.